This is Ashley Kelsch, and you're listening to Life Coaching for Modern Renegades, episode number 51. Welcome to Modern Renegades Podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. Hello, renegades. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. This week, we got to take Nick to see Dave Chappelle at Stubbs, and it was done so safely and perfectly. In order to get into the show, you had to have a COVID test done. And all I could think was like, Dave Chappelle is like one of my comedic heroes, and it was it was worth it. When it happened, it wasn't. When they swabbed my nose twice on both sides, I was like, oh my God, what a really, really to see the show. But then it was definitely worth it. And the experience with Nick and being outside and seeing some familiar faces, oh, just kind of reminds you a little bit, the things that we, that we took for granted, which is also something, even though today's episode is called Commitment Issues, I might be here sort of admitting without directly saying I may have been taking Austin for granted. But let me explain that because, you know, I recently decided after 12 and a half years to call Austin home. Now, I'm not sure if there's like a technical amount of time in which one gets to claim such a title or how you even earn it without being born somewhere. Like, I wouldn't call myself an Austinite. I believe that title is reserved for those of you who were born here, but I'm sure there's some of you out there that have been here for 20 years or 10 years or five years or 50, and you feel entitled to Austinite. That's cool. I personally, I'm going to reserve that for those that were born here, but I'm going to publicly state for the record that Austin is my home and it only took me 12 and a half years to commit. I could never really surrender to the idea that Austin was my home. Like when people ask me where I'm from, I always hesitate. I was born in North Dakota, but I lived in Arizona, Colorado, Montana, New Mexico, back to Colorado, back to New Mexico, back to Arizona, back to Colorado, then back to New Mexico, then Washington, then Hawaii. Aside from the time that I ran away from home at 17 and I got legally emancipated from my parents and went back to New Mexico to graduate high school, Hawaii was the first place I really chose to live. I can't really claim choosing Washington as I was there on holiday and was asked to stay and get married over drinks and do a lot of drugs and almost die. I mean, I absolutely did say yes to all of it, but there wasn't really anything conscious about that choice. <laughs> the most conscious choice I made in Seattle was to leave and get a one-way ticket to Hawaii, somewhere I'd never been, where I only knew one person. And I had this plan that I would find myself and my way in the world. I was 19. My choice to go to Hawaii was to not only save myself, but find myself. I remember flying over on Delta with my one-way ticket that cost like $440. It was all that I had. I had orange hair, a lip ring, and a tongue ring. I was covered in this giant hoodie with two suitcases that held my life. There was a man on the plane who wouldn't stop talking to me, and not in a creepy way, but out of total curiosity. He was probably in his mid-20s. But at 19, I don't think you think anyone is creepy. Me at that time, I was like, oh my God, someone's talking to me. This is amazing. 
Now I think anyone who talks to me that doesn't know me is totally creepy. <laughs> Sorry. So this conversation went on for like five hours, Renegades. I couldn't quite figure out why. But when we landed and grabbed our overhead bags, he said, I know this is going to sound really strange, but can I take your picture? It's just that I've never seen anyone like you come here before. And I looked around and I saw the families and the floral printed shirts and the children smiling from ear to ear, retired people. He was right. Not a single person looked like they had just landed in the middle of the ocean with no clue as to where they were going and what would be in front of them. They knew what hotel, what beach, maybe their home address. In that moment, it occurred to me, the one person I did know, my uncle, told me his girlfriend was picking me up. And Renegades, we didn't have cell phones or social media or email. He had no pictures of me, and I had no pictures of him, let alone his girlfriend, who I was supposed to find at this airport. I was the only person on that plane who had no idea what she was doing or where she was going or how she would find her way. Needless to say, the stranger took my picture. I wish I could see it, that 19-year-old face. Hot damn. What a brave little bizzle she was. God, saved our life when she purchased that one-way ticket to Hawaii. It would be one year and three months later when I would give birth to my first child. I got married there. I had my second child there. I found my love, hate relationship for running there. We built homes. We were part of a community. I got divorced there. I scattered my first husband's ashes there. That was my 10 years on Maui. It was sort of what I would call a circle of life moment. I truly believed that not only did Maui save me, but it revealed to me who I was for the first time. So my instinct to call Hawaii home is from a very deep place in my soul. I was called there in many ways and was birthed there. But two things happened when my kid's dad passed away. One, I felt like I was in a fishbowl. I was that person at the grocery store casually grabbing eggs and felt like everyone was looking at me. You know those concerned looks that you think you're giving that actually come off oddly like, is she okay? Did you hear? Can you imagine? You guys, it looks real fucking judgy, sometimes a little condescending, like, here, no, 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 let me get that for you. You shouldn't do that. Your children's fathers died. Just go sit down. Look, it's possible it was all in my head, but it was a small island, and suddenly I felt defined by our most recent circumstances. Two, I wanted to show my kids a life that wasn't just about the beach. I wanted to be able to afford to travel and not just back home to small towns USA to visit family. And so we chose Austin, and I say we because I was dating the man who would then become my second husband, and spoiler alert, second divorce, but that's later, and everybody already knows. I looked at many places, but Austin had so much promise, great school systems, affordable, a college town with opportunities, community, music, things to do, recreation was high on the list, and water. We believed that if we were leaving our ocean views behind, we needed some body of water. My favorite reason of all? No one knew our story. We could just start over. Be anyone but that. Talk about anything else. I did make a commitment when I moved here that I would stay long enough to raise my kids. And then I would decide where I was going after. The plan was to never stay. When we traveled, I would not only visit whatever town or city I was in, but I would consider it. I'd look and imagine my life there and see me in it. What would it be like? Would this be where I would start the next chapter? Renegades, I had this constant side eye. 
you know, when you're in a relationship and it's good and you love them, but you've been in it for a while and you know they're great, but you think, you know, someone else could be better. And I know that's just awful. So stay with me. You love this person. They're your best friend, but you just don't feel like they get you anymore. They don't get you in those feels. You find yourself, you know, considering in your mind, not in the actions, what it might be like to be with that person. And you create this entire fantasy based off nothing to do with anyone or anything or reality for sure. And this has sort of been my relationship with Austin. When I would travel, I could easily become convinced that wherever I was, was where I needed to be. I'd roll into Colorado and immediately as I'd breathe in the cool Rocky Mountain air, I would think Colorado gets me sunny 300 days a year option to ski on the weekends mountain bike and hike those mountains austin doesn't have mountains austin doesn't understand that i need cool air and mountains or new york running in new york is exhilarating and inspiring and dirty and fast and always feels new even when it's the same out and back from brooklyn to hudson new york totally gets me constant fantasizing about what my life might be like if I was in this neighborhood or these were the streets I ran in and the people I saw, the air I breathed, the daily view. And then I'd come back to Austin and be like, well, I mean, this isn't so bad. Without fail, for sure, when I'm driving over the bridge and I see the city lights in Town Lake, I think those other places are, they're pretty good. They're, they're kind of amazing, but they don't have Town Lake. And Austin's been a great place to raise kids. I'd remember just how good Austin has been to me and think, well, this will work for now. Fast forward to this last year as I'm preparing for the kids to both be out of the house in the fall of 2021, assuming COVID allows for such things. My thoughts have literally been focused on finding the next place I'll plant my roots, a place I can call home. Until last month, I was doing my usual lap around the lake and I saw a familiar face and we waved. Noticed my favorite guy on his bench, the bench he's been on for at least 10 of the years I've been here, and something hit me. Austin revealed to me something it had to offer to me that no other place can in this current moment. Community. I felt a warmth in my body. Austin. After all these years? I embraced the idea for a moment and found myself overwhelmed with thoughts about raising my kids here. When they are out, people recognize them and vice versa, that this was their home, that I made a home here for us. And while I focused on all the things that Austin offered that I wasn't interested in, I had lost focus on all the things that it did offer that really do light me up. Like Town Lake, that place is my church. I've been obsessed with the idea of rowing. I've wanted to try this for like 10 years, and what have I been waiting for? The music and the festivals. There's always something fun going on, the food, the parks, the people. And I thought, Am I fucking crazy? Austin has everything I've ever wanted and needed. Austin is home. My roots are planted here, quite deeply too. And just like that, I committed to being all in on Austin. Listen, Austin knows I can get a little lusty when I travel. Austin is also secure and confident enough to know that I'll always come home. Austin does get me. You might be thinking Austin deserves better, but Austin knows that when I'm in, I'm all fucking in. And Austin always knew it had me. It was just waiting for me to wake up and see what was in front of me. Renegades, when you have a side eye, you can't fully embrace and see what is in front of you. You're here, but your mind is anywhere but. And you miss out on the full experience, good and bad, that comes with the human experience and commitment. 
When you focus your thoughts on what's good and great about your circumstances, you start to see it, feel it, embody it. Positive begets more positive. Negative begets more negative. This idea of commitment or the action of it seems to be really intimidating and elusive. I think about commitment as it pertains to dating, work, or goal setting often. Talk about it with my clients all the time. The more I think about it, the more I can't help but think about two consumer behavior models. Did you know that Costco did an entire study on consumer behavior and found that if you offer too many of the same products, that the customer will get overwhelmed and walk away without making a purchase? They won't commit. Next time you're in there, check it out. You get a Kirkland brand, a name brand, and then probably an organic brand because that's what's on trend. They've built their entire sales model on it. It's not a coincidence. It's kind of wild, right? Then there is the iPhone mindset. We love our iPhone, but as soon as the new one comes out, regardless of how well the one we currently have works, we want to upgrade. The camera's better, more apps. We want that thumb unlock. Oh good, they replaced the thumb unlock with the face ID? I'm over the face ID. Oh, did you hear the new iPhone is offering the thumb unlock again? This one's too big. I want the OG size. Wait, the new one is in red and there's never been red and there will never be another red? I need that. And on and on it goes. We enjoy what we have until we think something better has come along, leaving us thinking there's always something better coming along. Is marketing and consumerism rewiring our brain, conditioning it not to commit? Dating apps and the hookup culture would suggest so. Every time you swipe, there's someone new waiting, an endless scroll of endless possibilities. Ooh, this one will work. Oh, look, this one has this feature. Swipe, dopamine hit, swipe, dopamine hit, swipe. The question is, are you experiencing commitment issues because you're waiting for the next best thing or because your brain is in total overwhelm? For example, you have someone like me living in Austin, but not fully committing to calling it home because I think there might be something better somewhere else, resulting in me never really discovering if Austin is a good fit or not. People do this with jobs and relationships all the time, one foot in and one foot out rather than going all in. Our attention is on other things, dibbling and dabbling, exerting all sorts of brain energy rather than giving all of our focus to the commitment and then deciding if it's for us or not. Renegades, what would happen if you decided to go all in today on that thing you've been second guessing, the job, the person, a dream or a hobby you've been thinking about? We feel safer in the indecision and the not doing. If you find out you do love this person, you might start experiencing feelings you aren't used to and that you subconsciously avoid like happiness, stability, and love. Remember, the brain doesn't care if the emotion you are used to experiencing is good or bad. It just wants to be right. If stress and unhappiness and instability are familiar to you, your brain will continue to choose the things that keep you safe in that space. As you heard me say, I constantly moved growing up, 15 schools in 12 years. My brain is used to wondering where we are going next. How long will we be here? Is it time yet? There was a lot of instability that I got very comfortable with. To stay in one place means stability, and at first that sounds boring, and then scary, and then wait for it. Stable. What might stable feel like? Who would I be if I felt stable? What would I have to let go of to be someone who feels stable? If I'm not using my brain to wonder where I'm going next, what will I have to think about or do instead? These are the sort of questions that you can use to inquire. When we commit, we get to have the life we want. Ask yourself. What is it that you most want that you haven't committed to yet? Explore why you don't have it already. What is the competing desire? And why do you want that more? 
Remember, we inquire from a place of curiosity, not judgment. You want to reveal if you have been dismissing and judging yourself in a way that keeps this competing desire unclear in your subconscious. In order to commit, you want to find out what is in your way. If your commitment issues are a result of too many options and your brain is in total overwhelm, resulting in no decision and walking away, you'll want to look at overwhelm. Go with the Costco model and practice constraint. Remove all the shiny objects and give your attention to a limited amount of activities, people, jobs, or goals. Seriously, focus on one to three max and see what comes up for you. It will probably bring up your drama. Sometimes, renegades, we distract ourselves from ourselves and the feelings we would have to experience if we were to commit by having too many options. When we're in overwhelm, we cannot find solutions. We sit and indulge in doing nothing. We as a society support overwhelm too. You heard me last week, producing this podcast overwhelms me to the point where I ask myself, why am I doing this? La la la. For some of you, it's overwhelmed from being busy. So much going on at work. There's just no time. Overwhelm keeps you from feeling the negative feelings that may come from making a decision. For example, if you have an endless list of to-dos and have to be here's, it may be because you aren't comfortable saying no. So you say yes to being on all the boards and all the hosts of the meetings and driving everyone's kids home after school. You'd rather be overwhelmed than say no to someone and disappoint them. Another example may be fear of failure or making a mistake. So rather than going all in on one plan and committing to one thing, you try 17 different ways, half-ass them, and overwhelm yourself. Ask yourself, what if overwhelm wasn't an option? What would happen next? What would you have to face or feel to commit? Who will you be if you choose not to commit? What will you have to let go of if you decide to commit? What would you have to become to commit? To pursue your commitment, what will you have to feel? What is compelling about who you'd become by committing? Renegades, use these questions to inquire, seek, and reveal. And remember, there are no wrong decisions. There are decisions that result in outcomes that you give meaning to. The meaning is optional and up to you. If you fully go into something and you commit to it, and the result is something that didn't work, guess what? Now you know. Try it a different way. All right, until next week. Bye. Renegades, thank you for tuning in this week. If you're enjoying this podcast, let me know. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and show it with a five-star rating and review. You can also head on over to my website, www.modernrenegades.com to sign up for my newsletter, leave your questions and comments, or just connect with me directly. I look forward to hearing from you.